Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Hey, hey, hearty, wake up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to begin boarding. If we could ask for your cooperation, would you all please remain seated? Well, how'd you sleep last night? I don't believe that's any of your business. <laughs> if you go to a Bansy Fall and you want to have a Prince and Hansel all in fub with you, don't forget to slop your dripper. Mr. <laughs> Nightlinger, what's for breakfast? Dude, apples, bacon, and biscuits. Well, forget the apples. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. You're on the high ground with Craig Flowers. And that's a lie, because Craig Flowers is busy, but uh, you're on the high ground with uh, Jamie and Johnny, and uh, we'll be right back on the show. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, Texans. Uh, And everybody that got here as soon as I could get here. We are the high ground without the colonel. He's up in, uh, man, he's got so much stuff going on. I mean, last weekend he was at the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Churchill Downs. Churchill Downs. Uh, He's got, he's doing the, uh, the aired out is it the aired out deal? The aired out deal up there in Abilene. Nice. And then uh, the following weekend, his daughter's getting married up there in Barnesville. So he's got back to back to back to back to back. So uh, did, did he have to take a loan out for all that? Yeah, he, he hasn't called you yet. No, <laughs> I, I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> Dear Johnny, can I have twenty thousand dollars? I'll pay you back incrementally. That's tough. You have three daughters. He's got. Oh. He's had uh, uh, the oldest one is married. Mm-hmm. Middle one is dating a very nice guy, and the the youngest one, Annie, is getting married on the twenty sixth. Well, congratulations to Annie. Yeah, that's. Uh, but man, three girls. He's probably, probably why. Probably why he had to cheek it up to Oklahoma. He couldn't afford to live in Austin with three daughters about <laughs> just, to get married. Oh my god! God bless. No. But uh, welcome to a wet, rainy Saturday here in Austin, Texas. It's uh, it's not that it's kind of muggy out there. It's supposed to have like fifty percent chance of rain for the rest of the day. Uh, Benny Buckman just took off for the uh, for the golf course to see if I actually can get a uh, good eighteen in. I don't think he's getting eighteen, but well, he's probably playing a little sporadically. Sporadically, you like that SAT word? I do. No. How did we do on the SATs? We did all right. Got in TCU. Did they require SATs? Oh yeah, yeah. I took the SAT once. Yeah, made a good, made a score. Not saying it was good <laughs> or bad, but I got into TCU. No ACT, just the SAT. I may have taken the ACT, but I did not record <laughs> the score <laughs> for reasons why I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't record a score because at that time, certain colleges took to the ACT more than the SAT, but the Texas-based schools were really an SAT deal. Yeah. But I didn't take... Uh, I did, did you ever do like the PSAT and I all did of that? do the PSAT. Uh, yeah. I did not. Really? No. I, I, uh, so when we moved to Texas, I was in middle school and came in in the seventh... Well, came in going into the eighth grade. Right. 
And so what they do is they split Spanish one into half of it is seventh grade and the other half is eighth grade. So I couldn't take Spanish with all my, you know, counterparts in, in the school. So when I got to high school, I ended up taking Latin. <laughs> which is kind of Spanish. Which, no, I took it's Latin, Latin but, but it's all about the root words and knowing right. what things mean and all that. So it was basically a PSAT course oh. in, in, you know, words and all of sure. that. Did, did pretty good in the words. The math kind of got me uh, a little bit, but whatever. I remember doing the PSAT in California. And right? uh, we, yeah, because you, the whole day was you showed up, you took PSC, P, PSAT, and then you're done. Right. And so I was in there with a bunch of football players, and we we're, I think we we're juniors. And uh, yeah, you take it, you take it your junior year, yeah, and then so, retake it your senior year, I yeah. think, if you have to. So we, <laughs> we are like, A, B, A, B, A, B, we're out of here. And so, like, the fastest PSAT ever. And then your job was to guard the mailbox because the results are coming back home. And you forget after about a week that you're like, you're supposed to go get the mail because mom and dad gets the PSAT and they have a sit down with Jamie. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the sit down at the table was started off like, you know, Jamie, college isn't for everyone. <laughs> hey, I was more of not an AB guy. I was an abacadabba. Uh, what is that? A B A C A D. Yeah. Just no, I was abacadabba all the way through. My GPA was really good in high school. Did good. But, um, it was interesting. I had a lot of. <laughs> I remember uh, my buddies that um, went, did almost all shop classes, no uh, no AP classes, and they're you know with a four point and and you're just like, what the? You know, I busted my butt. And I got you know a three point eight, and you're like, okay, that's fine. I never understood why people my age were taking AP courses. Like I never understood like why they wanted. Like, why do we have to be in the hardest class in the school? And then I and then when I got to college, I realized and I found out that a lot of those classes get actual college credit. Right. And it's and then I'm like, what? Like, I had no idea. Like, I mean, high school, let's be honest. High school is easy. Yeah. I don't like have, if you just paid attention and studied a little bit, you were going to make an A. Well, Jack went to a private school, so I'm not sure. He's probably he probably, you know. Tough classes every day, every year. But I had friends of mine when I got to college that were already technically sophomores because they would take summer school and AP classes at in their high schools. Yeah, I don't, I didn't understand, I don't understand the grading system now because people are graduating with four point eights and you know all oh, sorts yeah. of things. It's and, beyond and, that. and they have they've knocked out the first year of college. Yeah, and you're like, wow, they didn't offer that to me. <laughs> Correct. There. But uh, no, so the Colonel was up in Churchill Downs, yeah. Which you've been up the Churchill Downs. I have one time, and it's uh, and they did the same kind of deal you did, and up and back pretty much the same day. Left at like seven o'clock in the morning, got back at two o'clock in the evening, and uh, he went up with the Chief Texan. They brought him up there. Cheese's Boots was there. Yeah, Will Roman representing Will Roman. See home watches were up there, and uh, he had it all stacked. But they they had a plane that left um, Dallas seven o'clock in the morning, so. You know, Cheese's Boots and everybody had to go up to Dallas, spend the night there, get on the plane, get back at 2 o'clock in the morning, check back into the hotel at Dallas, and then leave the next day. That's quite a day. That is you, long. You were moving. Uh, I was talking to uh, Will Roman, the the chief Texan over there at Cheese's Boots, which they're having a big uh, celebration anniversary party on oh, nice. June 3rd. I've, uh, they do that. They've done that a couple times. Yeah, they have uh, two bands coming, uh, and they have... Um, 
they have like nine pop-ups. It's uh, all sponsors. It's free. It's on the third Saturday, and it is a and where, blast. where is it, where is it located? Thirty five oh seven South First Street. Okay, right there. So if you're not doing anything, you should be doing that. And when is that? It's June third, just around the corner. Nice. But uh, yeah, he was he he was like. Have you got a chance to talk to the colonel since then? Uh, yeah, a couple phone calls, and uh, but he's been busy. I mean, he's running around with this whole wedding thing coming up in two weeks. The father um, of the bride. The father of the bride. All you got to do is write checks. Don't make a decision. Mm-hmm. Just write checks. And by the way, here's uh, if you're listening, the I, I want to go ahead and say that there should be a cap on five minutes. If you're going to give a speech at a rehearsal dinner or at the actual wedding. That's a long time. Five minutes, absolute max. I would even say five is way too I long. I would say three at the most. Buddy, buddy of mine's wedding and uh, my friend from uh, North Carolina, Chet, Mark Chesson, we went his wife's from baltimore and so the wedding was up in baltimore and the night before her uncle gave a 45 minute speech at the rehearsal dinner so much to the point that there were 10 12 people that did not get to give their speeches because uncle whatever decided that it was going to be about him and not about them best wedding speech ever no no oh and then real quick yeah the next night at the actual wedding his uncle gets up and gives a 35-minute speech. And we're just sitting, like, at that point, I just walked away and you're went to the bar. That, yeah, you're not that interested. Nobody's paying attention. No. What were you going to say? What do you no, think the best? No, the best one was is uh, old school. When uh, he gets up and it's like, love you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> true love is blind. True love is blind. What I think he's trying to say is true love is blind. Yes. Catch the early flight home from San Diego. San Diego. And- such a good movie. Yeah, I need to go back and rewatch that. I don't even know if you could make that again. That and oh, Tropic, no. Tropic Thunder. I think you you could make that. Uh, you get canceled pretty quickly no. with that. But we did. Uh, there are some good movies that are coming out right now that uh, I, we we actually talked about. Air, Air is out there. It's, it's fantastic. It, yeah. And by the way, the soundtrack is fantastic. Just, I, mean, I just sit there and listen to the soundtrack all day. Yeah. Just great, great eighties music. But uh, but it was really cool. I really enjoyed the movie, and it kind of gives you that background of how the courtship of Michael Jordan and how that all went down. Yeah, the metrics of just the money. Yeah, because there was no big deals like that ever before. Well, and 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 you know, I'm not giving anything away. Everybody knows that you know he negotiated basically anything with the Jordan brand name on it, he would get a portion of, and that was basically, you know, the Jordans called and said, "Hey, we'll come with you, but this is what we want." And and so Senator Vicaro had to go to Phil Knight and say, this is what they want. If we say yes, then we got him. So we're giving this rookie a contract. He was a rookie. He had, ne- he had not played a minute in the NBA. And he basically got a better shoe deal than Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson Larry Bird, Bird, and and uh, Julius Irving. That's amazing. And but But basically, like in that first year – that they sold Air Jordans, they sold $120 million worth of Air Jordans. Unheard of. He that got, was 85, right? Yeah, that was 85. That's unheard of. Yeah. That's crazy. So the, Phil Knight's big you know, contemplation with this is that they were afraid that everybody now coming up and coming forward, all the other good players would be like, oh, we want the Jordan deal. And did we set a precedent in the shoe, deal, the shoe business and I, I mean, obviously, they they pick the right guy to pick. Yeah. And Jordan goes on to be the goat of goats, no question. Mike, I, I can't stand when people talk about, oh, who's the best NBA basketball player, LeBron or MJ. First off, it's a tough question because they're really two different players. But 
Michael Jordan. Yeah, but you know it always cracks me up because you see football uniforms at, at you know the college level, and they have a basketball player, yeah, jump man, yeah, on on it's, their it's recruiting. Yeah, it is, and, but it's it just cracks you up. You're you're playing football, but you have a basketball symbol on your uh, on your uh, uniform. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, whatever. Pretty sweet. <laughs> tough tough life. You know, you just get paid. Oh, he just sits back, makes about four hundred million a year just a year. on that. Just on that. Boom. No, so the colonel's up there. Uh, he uh, His horse, that uh, confidence game, was in the derby. You watched the derby. And remind me the name of their horse stable. Uh, don't tell my wife, um, stable. They won that round, yeah, at least. Were, as far as names of groups and ownership. Don't tell my wife, stable. Um, yeah, I mean, the horse had a gr- came out great real start. good. Yeah, great start. Great start. And then just kind of got pinned on the inside. Yeah, and then uh, you know it was it was still in the running all the way around, and then uh, the final stretch it just fell back. But uh, it was interesting. I mean, to have a horse in the in the actual Derby is amazing. And now Colonel has been associated with two horses that have been in the Derby from the same stable. That's awesome. Um, don't uh, what was it the um, what is his first horse? My. Uh, my Maria? No, it's my Jack. His name is something. Okay. I can't remember. But he came in fifth, uh, probably about four or five years ago. Well, what I thought was really interesting, the, the winning my horse. Boy, my boy Jack. Was my the boy name. Jack. Okay. Right. Uh, the winning horse of this year's Derby, Mage. Mage. Um, fascinating that he was the first uh, horse that you could have fractional ownership in. Right. So there were hundreds. There's people with or $50. thousands of people yeah. that you could literally put in money. 50 bucks. As low as yeah. fifty dollars to have ownership in a horse, but what's really cool? They start talking about it, and yeah, they probably won a lot of money that day. I mean, if you if you have a horse in the Derby, you're probably making the majority of your money on gambling on that horse. Sure, but now you think about Mage is a Kentucky Derby winner, and think they get stud, stud fees, fees moving forward yeah. in perpetuity. Huge. So if you know if you had a if you had a couple spare bucks and you were looking to, you know, hey, this, let's make things interesting. I'm going to buy a horse. Yeah. And just, awesome. think, just think of this one goes triple crown. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, your yeah. $50 investment will probably pay for your kid's education. Right. Somewhere down the road. Well, that's funny because uh, the horses that um, don't tell my wife stables, they'll pick up some high dollar horses, but they'll also pick up the 25000 or $30,000 horse. And those are the ones that they get into the uh, the derby, which cracks you up. Yeah, is that some of these? And they look for the the bargain deals, and they look for bloodline, and uh, and every now and then they'll hit. I have. I want to say that there was like something like eighty five percent of the horses in that race were from the bloodline of Secretariat. Wow. Like they showed the, they showed the graph That's on, on the screen, and it, I mean they were way 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 yeah. down, but they had that. That blood, a little bit of lineage, yeah, yeah. going back to it. So I, I thought that was really cool, and and I'm kind of mad that I didn't even know about Mage because I would have thrown you know a little bit of money in there just for fun. I, Why not? I just I, I love when they uh, introduce the jockeys. First of all, none of them talk without an accent. They yeah. all speak with an accent, and so uh, we, are we not producing American jockeys that are 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 <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah. No, no but, idea. But and I didn't know how big horse racing was in Japan because they had a couple of horses. Yeah, they had two there. horses there. Yeah, from J- Japanese from horses. Japanese horses, and it's huge in Japan. Yeah, and you know that's one of the biggest things come out there. And, and I knew it was big in the Middle East with uh, the Saudis, and yeah, they're they're huge in the horse racing. But they have beautiful horses over there. Yeah, but Japan, they are. 
you know, um, um, the Saudi money, they, they're bidding on actually the uh, commanders. They were up against the the the, the uh, Harris Group and Magic, right? Harris Magic Group, yeah. So there's money, and they're they're big on trying to get into every sport, sure. Live golf, everything. They no don't doubt. Want to put eyes. But there's 32 men that will not allow that to happen. That's <laughs> true. They want to keep it right here. This is an American sport. And there's we keep there's it right one here. that we know really well that that won't allow that to happen. Cresser Jerry Jones. And I think does it have to be unanimous? I think it has to be unanimous to get in. So like a little vetting. Well, program. I mean, I'm sure, you know, the, the Redskins deal is going to fly real quick. Like, <laughs> hey, yes. I mean, they're going to yeah. they're going to rubber stamp that bad boy right now. Hey, everybody good. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Hey, boy. Tom Brady's got a piece of uh, the Raiders. He has a fractional ownership of the Raiders. Did they say how much that was? I, I have no idea. But ten bucks. 15? I don't. Yeah. Something like that. Two bucks. But I mean, shoot, he's he's down a whole bunch of money. Just went through a divorce. Uh, <laughs> F- FTX. And went through FTX. Yeah. He's got he's got about four or five kids. I mean, Tom's thank God he's making some money because well, they just announced he's going to be back there for opening day at uh, yeah for the, the they're going to honor him up in uh, New England. Yeah, they're honoring him up in New England as I'm, they should. I'm surprised they're not going to give him like a one dollar deal that uh, you're back with the Patriots for. You know, did he technically retire as a Buccaneer? I think so. Yeah, that's why they usually do that. They're yeah. like, hey, give me a one dollar deal, come out. We'll sign one you day. to one day yeah. one day deal, and you come out and do the ceremonial. Yeah. Time situation. Retire out of that. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back uh, after this side of the commercials with uh, Johnny and Jamie. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Colonel because he ain't here. This is Trace Atkins wishing my friend Craig Flowers all the best in Austin, Texas. I'll see you on the high ground. And Trace, we're wishing uh, the Colonel all the best, too, with his uh, pocketbook and paying for uh, daughter's weddings. He's uh, Colonel's up there at beautiful Abilene. Abilene. Do you know what the score was last night at? Uh, they, they played San Jose State. Uh, Who did the University of Texas baseball? Okay. You know what the score was? Nope. Twenty-four to three. Abilene. Nope. No. University of Texas. Oh, good. congratulations! Big win. They got another game today. I don't know if it's going to get rained out. Right now they're uh, they're in fourth place in the Big Twelve. The first place is just out of nowhere. Is West Virginia, hmm. and they actually uh, they have a home stand with West Virginia um, next week. Well, Huggy Bear got in a little trouble this week. What did he do? He said some pretty derogatory terms in a live radio interview. And and I, I, I thought for sure he was getting canceled. I thought 100% he's getting fired. What? I mean, who was he at? Who was he talking to? He was talking about the Xavier fans um, and dropped some, dropped some pretty bad language, uh, some homophobic language. Oh. And uh, I thought he's was getting canceled. Was it an interview or did they? No, catch it, it? it would be like us calling Rodney Terry and having him on right now. Right. And it's just like two guys, hey, you know, we're yeah. on the radio talking. Hey, we yeah. got Bob Huggins. Oh, he's the best. You know, and he starts telling the stories. Oh, those whatever in, you know, Xavier. And, and I, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was absolutely shocked that somebody like that could say something and not lose his job. Was there any pushback at all? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, Everybody, a ton of pushback. <laughs> and West Virginia said, all right, we'll dock you a million bucks next year. Fine. And you're going to have to take some sensitivity training. What would that be? What would that be? <laughs> But to, I mean, this day and age, I, you know, I don't want to get too far down that down that you know deal on a Saturday morning. But in my opinion, Bob Huggins should be absolutely he's done. He should be done. But and shame on West Virginia uh, for taking the stance that they did. He should have lost his job. But I digress. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, the uh, 
the colonel does not make mistakes like that. He's he is very PC. He is very PC, which is good. You know, he gets his point across, but you got to do a little talk around there. But have you been out to a baseball game this year? No, I haven't. Really? No, not yet. I, you've asked. You've invited me once or yeah. twice, and probably the same amount of times I've invited you to an Austin FC game. Yeah. And probably we have the same Someday. desire to go to those games. Someday. Yeah, Someday. One of these days. One no, of these I, days. I've, I've enjoyed going. Um, I like going Dishfalk Field to see Texas, especially when TCU's in town. I'll go and, and support my Horned Frogs. But uh, and it's baseball games are fun. Yeah. It's but, just a great way to spend an evening. Did you ever make it up to uh, Round Rock Express at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I haven't been this year. Round Rock Express for like my, like during my 20s was my go-to date spot. Yeah, it was great. Especially if you awesome. get, especially if you get on the kiss camera. Yeah, yeah. You, you get the you get the, you get the camera guy twenty bucks and guaranteed you're going to be on the kiss cam. <laughs> so every time I'd walk in, be like, "Hey, honey, I'm going to go uh, grab a beer real quick. I'll be right back." Run over the camera guy. Hey, here's twenty. Here's, Come find me. Here are my seats. Boom. There's another twenty for you if it but, works. But think about this, Jamie. It is. It was such a good date. The place to take a date for a couple of reasons. One. It's about a 30-minute drive out there, so you have some time to kind of get to know somebody and, and talk a little bit about different things. Two, it's a sports game. And if somebody, if I'm going on a date with somebody and they can't en- at least enjoy themselves at a sporting event, it's probably not going to work out. Even a bad day, you get to watch baseball. You get to watch, you know, yeah. it's a good time. And, and third, you get to have drinks, you get to have beers and wine or whatever you want, whatever you're drinking. And it's not 500000 well, yeah, it's not a $500,000 bill, but but you can have drinks, but it's not like a forced, like if you go to a bar, it's like, all right, yeah, yeah. we're going to be pounding drinks or shots or do whatever. Uh, but but there, you know, you're having a beer or two, uh, enjoying yourselves, having a, you know, a hot dog or something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really have enjoyed myself going out to, to Express Games. It's a really, really fun time. I wish Ben was here because I just saw a, uh, I saw a clip today They in... This is like ESPN, the Ocho. Ocho. They had Division Three women's golf playoff, and I can't remember what hole it was on. Okay. But they had a. They canceled the third round. They played the third round yeah. of golf, but they canceled it. And they disqualified that third round, and they the winner of the second round. Oh, was, do you know why? Because there was a five degree slope by the pin. Did you see, Did you see the replays of it? Yeah, it was incredible. Just like this, this one poor girl hits a putt. It goes basically around, goes behind the hole and around it, and then comes right back to where she was standing. And you're just like, and then her second shot, it 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 was just about an inch short of going in, rolled back off the green. <laughs> and so they scrapped the entire they, round. That's right, Jim, yeah. I forgot about that. I was just like, I was like, this is like putt putt golf. You know, <laughs> where's the where's the windmill and the and the and the clown out there? But no, so they they ended up doing that. But I would have loved to talk to Ben about that. Um, we didn't. Uh, are you watching um, any of the uh, the? Well I, well, I guess your brothers are about there. Are they? Are your brothers actually at the uh, rookie camps at all? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I, I, we're kind of at that point in the in the pre or the off season where it's. I'm on a need to know basis. Oh, I'm back, I'm, I'm back this on, is where it's well. I'm, I'm back on that. You know, like during when it when no nothing's going on. Yeah, my brothers might tell me a couple things about you know players. Was that last like three months? That. Yeah, yeah. But but once Fourth uh, of July hits, uh, yeah, it's no one cares. Yeah, Johnny, Maybe. we'll call you when we call you. Yeah, one of those deals. But I'm looking forward to uh, Memorial Day weekend. Is kind of a, a great weekend, and and my brother Jeff has a lot of his you know guys that he coached with. In Denver and Chicago and some of those places, they all come down. We go out to Horseshoe Bay 
and uh, have a, a great weekend. Our our good friend, the offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Bob Cooter, Jim Bob Cooter, greatest name in sports, Ever. right there. Uh, he'll he'll be he'll be in the house, and and one there was the first year that Jeff had got this lake house, and for whatever reason the Wi-Fi wasn't working. Okay. <laughs> And so, like, we're in a panic. We're, like, you know, trying to figure out this guy. My mom's, like, calling all the the people to come over and help fix it. Finally got a guy to come over. He comes over. He looks at it. He's like, guys, I'm really sorry, but I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to get the Wi-Fi up this weekend. <sighs> and uh, my mom notices him wearing a Tennessee volunteer shirt and, and says, oh, who's your, uh, your Tennessee fan? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, who's your favorite quarterback? From, or who's your favorite player from, from Tennessee and, and the – the guy looks at him, looks at us, and goes, "Well, I'm really, you know, obviously everybody loved Peyton Manning and all that, but my favorite guy is this obscure quarterback we used to have named Jim Bob Cooter." And my mom goes, "Well, Jim Bob Cooter is going to be here this weekend, and you don't want to disappoint Jim Bob." And guess what? <laughs> the Wi-Fi got fixed. Ah. I'm not kidding. JBC saved the day. So uh, Jim Bob's a great dude, and, and so I'm looking forward to hang out with those guys, and it'll be a lot of fun. You think, uh, do you think the Manning family, I, I don't know, did they buy real estate here? Do you know? Well, they're putting up a hotel. Are they? Oh, yeah, the Graduate Hotel. Oh, I didn't know uh, gra- they're, they're part of that, that group. Are they really? Yeah, and uh, the Graduate Hotel is going to be going down near, near campus. It'll be, it's a hotel and apartments, and, um, and it'll all be UT-themed. And that's kind of what the Graduate does. So they have one in Knoxville. They have one in Oxford. Um, and so their plan, they go around to the different college game day. They try to incorporate like a game day atmosphere within the hotel. Wow. So if you're a, a big Longhorn fan and you want to be at a hotel, it's like going out to play golf at the UT golf course. Sure. It's UT everywhere, right? They've got uh, numbers for the players on the golf carts and all that stuff. Same thing, same concept with the graduates. So if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're going to Oxford for the weekend, why wouldn't you want to go stay at the the graduate hotel? Do you think he's a distraction as a freshman here for the team? Um, in some ways, probably. Yeah. Because I'm sure th- there's lots of those kids probably get asked a bunch of questions like, "Hey, what's what's Arch really like?" You know. But I mean, the the counterside to it is that your Texas is going to get players because Arch is here. Oh, net net, it's it's got to be positive yeah i mean and and you know i i've been very it's been very refreshing in my opinion to not hear that much about arch well you did you heard a lot when he rolled up and he sure. lost his id twice yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, I get but that. other than that no but like you're not ta- you're not hearing a lot he's about not signing arch NIL, as a player. yeah he's not saying nil deals he's not he's not doing any of that stuff in fact is his grandfather told him like you don't get an i you don't even talk about an yeah. deal until you're out there playing when you when they went when Texas went through the spring and and especially at the spring game, I mean Malik Murphy looked like the surefire number two. He looked incredible, and he had been playing really well. And I don't think a lot of, you know, he was kind of like oh nobody even thought about Malik right because oh we got Arch coming so it's just going to be Quinn Arch you know whatever. But I got a text from a friend of mine who lives out in Carolina and he was saying is there any truth to the rumor that Arch is thinking about transferring because he's the number three. And I said, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Absolutely yeah. not. He, the intention was to come in and redshirt, right. learn, get bigger, you know, be on campus, get around the guys, you know, and, and be prepared to play if your time comes. Right. Did you watch Malik Murphy in the inner, the inner squad game? Absolutely. Oh my God. He looked, he was incredible. He was incredible. And, 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 and kudos to him for not bolting. 
No, and he's got decisions to be made in the next year. Sure. To a year and a half. And he's, you know, probably, uh, you know, everyone's going to look at Quinn. If he has a good year, will he go to the draft? Yeah. And then at that point, you're going to go, you're going to have a Malik Murphy, uh, you know, Archie. Yeah, that's, that's that's what it's going to be, and uh, most likely one of those guys would end up leaving if they weren't going to get to play. Sure, um, and and to no fault. I mean, that's just the these culture. Are, but that these are all good problems to have. People look at that as right. a problem, but th- that you have a strong. I mean, if Ewers gets hurt this year, Malik Murphy is the guy that you're going to come into, no doubt. And you know that that's great. That's that's a great problem to have. But and, but I like that Malik is sticking around. He's fighting for his job. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, you look at, let's say, University of Alabama, and it's like, why would a really good running back or a really good lineman go to Alabama and not, you know, probably not going to get to play their first or second year? And the reason is, is because they have the best coaching staff in the country. Well, and they, I mean, proven, and they produce. Yeah, they produce. You look at how many people that have done that and sat out and waited their turn to get the shot, got the shot for a year, two years, and they made it to the NFL. Yeah, and so you look at what Malik's doing, and you look at that quarterback room. You got Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, and Chaz Wright, the local kid here from Austin High. Um, but that room is, I mean, think about, and, and Sark being one of the top offense minds in college football. Sure. Like, even though Arch and Malik aren't probably going to play as much, just being in that room, going through that system is going to make them a better player and they'll have a better chance of getting to the NFL by staying where they're at. Because guess what? If you can play, the NFL is going to find you. Oh, they will. And especially if you're coming from a pro-type offense, right. like what, start, what, what Sark is actually mm-hmm. you know putting through. Now, I think that those are all good problems. Um, everyone's also looking right now at you know who's going to step up for the running back. Who's going to be, you know, fill the shoes of... Uh, of our Bijan and 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 Roshan and Roshan and well, look at Roshan for example. Roshan could have bolted from the University of Texas because sure. Bijan's going to be the dude, um, but he stuck around and and he was he was the leader of that offense last year. Yeah, I mean he was he was the the guy. I mean he's he was a little bit of the rah rah guy, but he was also the guy that went out there and just busted his butt every single play. And you look at right now, we talked a little bit about it on the Big Ugly Tailgate last a uh, little bit ago. But, I mean, I'm already seeing reports on ESPN and The Athletic about him coming into Chicago already and making an impact in the locker room. Which, which is amazing to me because you have a quarterback feels that's, you know, he has to set the precedence mm-hmm. there. But if a rookie can come out and do it, and I, I, love he, I, hope, I hope he gets reps, I hope he gets out there and he tears it apart. Um, and that does nothing but reflect greatly on uh, University of Texas and the fact that you can be the number two running back and still have a career in the NFL. You know who their starting running back is up in Chicago right now? No. Another Longhorn, Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. The Bears, what they've done, I mean, well, it's – I still can't get over the Trubisky deal. That was <laughs> that was the worst thing that's ever happened. But if you look at what they've the, – the Chicago Bears have got some players now. Yeah, I mean they've they've really got they got DJ Moore. They picked up DJ Moore. Equimenius St. Brown is out there. You got Chase Claypool, um, and and the guy that I've always liked. He's been a Chicago Bear for the past couple of years, but he's never had anybody to be able to throw to him. Is Darnell Mooney? Yeah, but I mean, are you a believer in Chase Claypool? Because I'm not. Not I, I I mean, I to me, it's just like eh. I mean, he had a flashing pan up there in Pittsburgh. 
And then uh, now there was a, you know the big move move him so we can get the deep threat. But I just don't. Oh, man. But they've got they got a solid uh, Cole Komet, uh, Cole Komet, big tight end. He's a hell of a player. End. Yep. Um, and then they've got some they've got some guys on defense. But you know I think you know for for Chicago to really take that next step, it's all about Justin Fields. Did your brother coach for Chicago? Both of them. They both did. Yeah, they were there during the Trubisky. The Trubisky years. What did, were they? Uh, they're Trubisky fans or no comments? No comment. No comment. Well, I, I mean, it was no. Listen, Mitchell Trubisky didn't do anything wrong. Right. I don't think his offense. <sighs> he, he he himself didn't do anything wrong. They just drafted the wrong guy. They could have taken anybody but Mitchell Trubisky and traded up to get him. <sighs> and had they gone with Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, I think my brothers would still be in Chicago right now, and they would have a dynasty. I, I, I mean, they had such a good team. They made it almost to the Super Bowl with Trubisky. Did you? Oh my God! Did you look at? Uh, did you watch the draft at all? Yeah. Okay. Thing that cracks me up about the draft is each different team has a different war room. Yeah. Sometimes there's three people in the war room. Sometimes there's literally a hundred mm-hmm. people in this war room. Yeah. And I have no idea what they're trying to do. They're, one of my favorite stories. My brother was telling me this. It was one of his first years coaching, and he was with the 49ers. Right. And so this was back in the day before, you know, like all the Zoom calls and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they had a one telephone in the war room that was given and, and each team was this way. And so if the Chicago Bears wanted to call the San Francisco 49ers, they had to call this number to talk to the team. Right. Well, they're sitting around, you know, about 10 minutes before they're supposed to get on the clock. The phone rings. Everybody's like, whoa, whoa. let's see what happens here. Pick up the phone and, uh, hey, uh, you know, 49ers, who's this? Yeah. And they were like, he's like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> like, uh, hello? hello? Uh, who are you with? He goes, hey, this is Steve. Some fan <laughs> found the number That's awesome. and would call them right before they went on the <laughs> clock every single round and be like, hey, who are you guys thinking about taking now? Is- and they can't do anything about it <laughs> Cause that's the because only it's line. the only line that you got. Right? So, like, they were like, listen, we, we don't have call waiting on this thing. Get off the phone because if somebody's trying to call us. Domino's pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, think about that now. What if that fan would have tweeted that out and be like, hey, anybody oh, want to call the 49ers? Yeah. Call this number. Let's jack that. Oh, my up. gosh. Uh, just having thousands of people being like, hey, what's going on, man? Who are you guys going to take? Uh, so, that was, that was pretty good. And, and for the most part, at least from what I've seen on TV, it's not the coaches aren't really there a lot in, in certain war rooms. I think in the the only the text the Dallas war room, you just need Jerry in a room. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now they put in McCarthy, yeah. just just for optics. Sure. And and yes, the I mean the guys in the war room most likely are the scouts. You know they've already prepared all their you know draft day and they've done all their prep and all that stuff. So you get the scouts in there. Right. You might have some coordinators. Right, the offense coordinator, defense coordinator, and special teams coordinator is probably pretty important because as the later rounds come in, sure, those a lot of those guys that you're drafting are going to be on special teams as well. So if if you're trying to decide between two guys, um, yeah, you might want some input on the oh, yeah, coaches. Six, say, Who do you want? Yeah, and I even saw something I hadn't seen. Uh, C.J. Stroud told the Texans the wide receiver that he wanted them to go and get in the third round. And it was the, the the kid from Houston. 
Uh, so they drafted a wide. The Texans drafted a kid from Houston. He, I mean, he was a good player, right. but, but C.J. Stroud said, "No, no, no, I want this guy for special teams for, specifically. No, for, for for a wide receiver. For wide receiver. Yeah, but but you don't usually have influence from a a guy you just drafted. <laughs> but kudos to the Texans for for actually asking him. Hey, is there anybody out there that you really like? Why not? Yeah, why not? You know, so you know it's it's a I, I, and I I enjoy the reactions. It's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, the reactions. I mean, there's I think some of it is is fake, theatrical. Like, uh, hey guys, do it when we draft this kid. Go you crazy. Got, you go crazy. You don't even know his name. Just go crazy. And there was I I don't know if it was the Roshan pick or somebody, but they showed like the war room and like the running backs coach is just like beating the <laughs> table down. Like, yeah, we got him. We got him. You know, and and a lot of those coaches they're hoping that they get one of their guys drafted yeah right so but, like, I, but I do think it's a bunch of theatrics so they know they're on the air right then and they want everybody to think that that's the guy we wanted even though it wasn't exactly yeah. hey we'll be right back with the high ground in about uh, two minutes with Rodney Rodriguez we're going to talk a little bit about the Miami F1 oh yeah Welcome back to the high ground without the colonel. We like to call this segment of the high ground, the high ground, the big ugly, and the rev sports because we got somebody from each of the teams. It's like a cornucopia. It's cornucopia. It's we like have... a, one of those triple trio matches, like they have in the rest. <laughs> Indeed. Are, are y'all going to AEW this week? What is the, AEW? Oh yeah, the, Mark the, Henry. Another wrestling thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, not... yeah. At the mood. At the mood. At the mood. At the mood. Uh, we got Johnny Johnny Rogers back in here, Jamie Frazier, and Rodney Rodriguez. And what we're talking about right now is what happened in Miami last weekend. Uh, more Red Bull dominance, guys. More Red Bull dominance. It's it's just a situation now where Sergio Perez is really starting to assert himself a little more. I mean, it's still it's a two uh, it's a two bull race. I mean, is, it's just the two running the, off and leaving everybody is, behind. Is that the is that the most expensive team there is? Well, the, they 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 have the best resources. They they have everything in place. I mean, it's like they were making during the off season they were making a little bit of a of a larger deal about that they took away some testing time for them on some violations from last year, but it's like I mean, does that really matter when you're a lap better than everybody already? Are they legitimately a lap better. I mean, they're basically it's, fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just, are they drinking Red Bull while they're driving? Yes, <laughs> Red Bull gives you wings. Yeah, apparently so. But uh, yeah, and it was and Johnny, like I was talking, I, I thought about you from the discussion that we had the last time because obviously this was Miami, very much a Formula One location. For right. Me. Sure. I mean, it makes every, sense. Everything. Cocaine, hot there. chicks, and fast cars. Everything. Yeah. You know, Don Johnson, Philip Michael, <laughs> whatever his name was. Everything's happening right there. Will but, I am Miami Vice. But but they said. And I thought immediately of you. They said, this is the greatest spectacle in racing. I said, nope. whoa, whoa, whoa. Nope, 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 nope. You cannot <laughs> hit take the brakes. That. Hit the brakes right now. Hit the brakes. I mean, I, I know. I came out of my seat when I heard him say it. Dude, there, there was a lot of. 
pomp and circumstance and all of that, but it, uh, I mean, it was just basically a who's who of, of important people with a lot of money that, that were Celebs, there. Celebs, influencers, yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. How did our American guy go? He finished a very competitive last. <laughs> yes. He finished, though. It's not about the, the destination. It's about the journey. It's about that's what his, that's journey. what his team was telling him as he's driving okay. around. Yeah. Right. That'll get sponsorship. Uh, yeah. I, I read after the race that he's very much looking forward to Italy, the next race. I'm like, well, yeah, because you can only get better <laughs> right. at this point. But he's, he's in a Williams. I mean, that, that's one of those teams to where they, they don't... Uh, you know, Williams was really the dominant team way back, but right. it's it's tough sledding. I mean, it's and it really is. I mean, it, it's it's something that we're going to talk about on the show here in just a little bit. Is um, is this really is this really a great competitive series? Uh, uh, not, they, not if it's just getting dominated every year. No, are they not cheating as much? You know? Well, I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but <laughs> some of these, and this is where uh, I'll talk about this a little bit later because now we're into Indy. We're yep. into we're into May now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on the road course today, and one of the things that I like about IndyCar is what it, what IndyCar would do in this situation, where you have a team that's just blowing the doors off everybody. IndyCar would go in and say, "Okay, we need to make some modifications here because we need to tighten this up a little yeah. bit." You can only drive with three wheels. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like back in the day when they. Uh, you know they they made the three second rule in basketball because Will Chamberlain would just sit down there, throw it down to him, and he would dunk. Yeah, <laughs> or that, that's it. Or even with uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar in yep. college when they were like, "Nope, you cannot dunk." Right, right. And, and I mean, I need again. I, I get it. Where Formula One to, to me, Formula One, where, where they're making their bread and butter and they're living right now is is not so much on the competition. It's on the personalities. It's on promotions. What, what we just saw with with Miami and like we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just wait till Vegas. Oh, oh when's Vegas? Uh, November. 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 Well, and next week they're heading out to Italy. Italy. And, Italy. Uh, that'll be that'll be fun. But yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing when it comes back to to Vegas. Uh, I suspect. I mean, the 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 good story for me this year is. That Fernando Alonso yeah. has become a factor w- with a team that has not been very good. Yeah, you know what? What is it? What is? Is it the driver? Is it the team? It, what, like, why is he having so much success right now? I think this this was a, a a very good effort by that team, where where they went in. They had Sebastian Vettel in one of those cars uh, for a while, and Lance Stroll, who is the who is the son of the team owner. A little bit of guidance there from a from a two time world champion and and a Sebastian Vettel. I mean that's one of the greatest of all times in Formula right. One. He steps away when they're really starting to progress nicely, and you pop in Fernando Alonso. You you that that's pretty much a lateral move, right? With the progression already going forward, and he's the third best car right now. Is there a lot of in the off season? Is there a lot of uh, switching seats, switching teams on these racers? We've started to see that a little more with Formula One. Not not near as much as as you see it in NASCAR. But of course, NASCAR you're dealing with thirty six teams. Sure. Where here you're dealing with twenty two. But it, it, I really like with Aston Martin right there. That, to me, that's the best story of the year. Yeah. Um, I'm extremely disappointed that Ferrari is not better because Ferrari really seemed poised at one point to to put a kink in that armor uh, of Red Bull, but it helped. What they're, they're happened to Claire? He's great on he's great on practice day, yeah. and that's really the the thing that I go back to. It's like if this was all done on Saturday, Ferrari would be really really good because they are on Saturday. Right. It's race day where where they're not able to put it all together, and a lot of that I think, guys. I mean, I think a lot of this Red Bull's just kind of playing with them. Yeah, <laughs> Red Bull's just like they can do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's would, I, would, I don't know the deal with uh, Alonso. To me, I mean. 
Is this a fair comparison to compare it to like when Tom Brady went to the Bucks? Like you stick in the the, the main guy, and all of a sudden, really yeah, so. we're we're still good. I really think so. The, the only difference with with Alonzo is that he's moved around so many di- to so many. I think he's driven for every team, gotcha. damn near, except Red Bull. Driver for hire. Right, right. But but the only thing with with Alonzo is is that he had kind of fallen off the map a little bit. Okay. I mean, there were there were actually conversations a couple of years ago that maybe he was done. Um, he came over to Indy. Uh, he did yep. extremely well in the 500 for a couple of years, but uh, people were were thinking. I kind of more of a, but you know, with with Alonzo being more of a goat, kind of like you guys were talking about with Geno Smith. Yeah, I mean, people were like he was written off. You know, he was in subpar equipment. I think the move here to Aston Martin, it was like, okay, this is a, a better spot for him because that team's a little better. Right. Nobody could foresee what what's happening right now. Chris, what what share of the market of uh, racing fans in 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 the United States is F one grabbing? Are they grabbing some of the NASCAR fans? Are they grabbing not at all, or is it just it's, it's basically a different sport? It's it's definitely different. And, and on on revved up, I want to talk about. NASCAR's still king of TV because even with all of that that we saw in Miami with with the Formula One race on ABC mm-hmm. on on network ABC and the NASCAR race in Kansas right. on on the subsidiary you know Fox FS1 NASCAR still killed them in the TV ratings yeah. but the NASCAR race was much better well I mean so, how many how many American uh, drivers do we have one. 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 Is there, are we moving in a direction to where we'll start getting a little bit of the share? And, and does that affect, I mean, since we're having all this stuff in the United States, I mean, Miami, Austin, it's Texas. It's like soccer to me. It, right? it really it's, is. It, it's, it really you're is. right. Yeah. That's what it seems like. But I mean, this is huge in Vegas. I mean, I don't think, I think they're going to have eyeballs on this all the time. But does that transfer into more interest in the sport or we're just treating it like... It, it, to me, this is it, the. I love the soccer comparison. Uh, to me, this is more of just a show. I mean, it, and what what I really had hoped would would have happened by now was, uh, you know, they have the, uh, the the ladies series. It's not competing anymore, but it, it was all ladies uh, that raced. They raced here at Coda a couple of years, and there Could was. Could I identify uh, as a woman? Uh, possibly <laughs> a, a larger, a thicker uh, uh, lady there, but, hairier. Yeah. There, there was a, and she's still. I, I think she's a part of Andretti right now over on the IndyCar side. A, a, a gal named Jamie Chadwick. Okay. She dominated that series. She can drive anything, and and I was hoping that she could get into one of these programs as a test driver or something to where, man, I, I think you pop Jamie Chadwick into this into actually in a, a female racing Formula One. Red Bull can continue to do what they do. Here's another great story. Yeah, Here's did, more eyeballs. I mean, how big was Danica Patrick when she went in there and like did the uh, Indy? That time. was huge. Yeah. That was amazing. She almost won. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that year there, and, and, and I get extremely frustrated with people. Be, for one thing, I admire her in many different ways. Mm-hmm. I, I like her a lot. <laughs> You're scaring me right now. <laughs> I like her a lot. If but, your wife's not listening. But, but when folks say that, that the, yeah, the driving ability... You go from an Indy car to a stock car. I mean, that's that's a couple thousand pounds difference. Sure. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it's a completely. Uh, I know some of the great Formula One guys that were here for the NASCAR race at Coda. They're like, we're not used to people running into us. Yeah. We're not used to people <laughs> driving. We're not used to people not getting out of the way. Wow. You, you know, so it's it's definitely different. Dan, Danica takes a takes a beating, and, and and it's not fair. It's not fair. 
Well, but, but she definitely brought a different segment of the market to racing. Right, the football segment when she started dating uh, Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. That's what she- <laughs> no, but but you know, I, I I think that you know the the Netflix series uh, is it Netflix? Is that yeah? Yeah. I mean, yeah. those types of shows are really connecting fans to the sport. Did it hurt that she's really good looking? No, no. absolutely. <laughs> Danica, I, I think it actually did. I do. Really? I think it did hurt her uh, in the sense that. Oh well, look at her. You know why she's got this ride. I mean, you know, you know why That's Go good Daddy. Point. That's, That's good. Point. Point. That's fair. And, and it really was with her. I mean, go back and look at some of the great sponsorship and marketing things that have happened in sports, not just racing. The Go Daddy thing with her. Yeah, that was massive, massive, sure. massive. Blew the doors off of uh, other deals. I mean, you you go put her in a shower doing a GoDaddy commercial, and, <laughs> and you, you know you're you're going to get eyeballs on your product. <laughs> so when, that's where Aaron found her right there after the yeah. shower scene. Right yeah, right, right after sure. the GoDaddy commercial. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Are you excited about uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? Tell me yes or no. Uh, you know, I really don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little over him, but I heard y'all talking about uh, with the Cowboy game there being, I guess, what is that? The second game of the mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, we cowboys, we've never beat him. So interesting. He's, he's, he's coming in. <laughs> kind of got the number. He's coming into our joint, and uh, I assume it's uh, it's not. It's kind of like the Eli, Eli Manning thing. I mean, he comes to he comes to Jerry World and just. You know, I just think it's time funny how time. how Brett Favre ended up with the Jets, and now you know you have Aaron Rodgers. Well, what's interesting to me though is that Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears, yet he's now playing in New York. Is it? That's crazy. Remember? Because when yeah. he, he did the belt thing, he's yeah. like, I own oh, you. <laughs> I own you. He did. He, I, I 100%. Am, I am going to be curious with Aaron Rodgers, with that New York media. Yeah. I mean, we know how uh, he gets. Fur coat. He That's might where go, he's a roll in. He might go back into the dark <laughs> after the media gets a hold of him. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right. Hey, Rodney, thank you so you much for it, stepping in. Johnny Rogers, thank you so much Anytime, for hanging Rob. out. Jack, thanks for pushing the buttons. And uh, we'll see you, see you next week. High ground. See you. Yes.